Welcome back, podcast. I hope all of you are doing well. I appreciate you being here with us for another episode. My name is Jasmine Wonders, and I'm joined by RJ Rome, as always. We're so grateful for all of you that joined us in 2020, and we hope that that continues in 2021 as we have many more guests to come. But before I jump into the episode, if you don't mind, subscribe so you're notified when these episodes come out. And if you can, write us a review. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello. Hey, how are you? Hi. Hi. <laughs> this, this has been quite the day. I, I was just thinking that. And it's like, oh, my goodness. This, this is quite the saga. I am so ready for this conversation. <laughs> you missed you missed the cheering I put on because I thought you were in here. So I, had I heard sing. that. Oh, did you? You got to hear it. I totally heard that. Yeah, I was I was calling into to the sound of applause and I was living for it. <laughs> <laughs> so Mo Hall, where are you from? Yeah. And where do you live? I live in California. I live in California. I am in the Napa Valley. So ah. it was a beautiful day here today. Got some time outside. And then we was, ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming y'all are somewhere on the East Coast. Yep, in, in New Jersey. Okay. My uh, family lives in Boston, in the Boston area. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so I am somewhat familiar. All right. I didn't. You, I didn't when you um, that far when away. you emailed me today and said, "Yeah, I am. I'm quite far. I know uh, Jackie Paxson, who you guys interviewed previously. Ah, oh, okay. So, oh, okay. Yeah, that's how I I kind of got introduced to the Married to My Writing forum, and then I signed up. Okay. That's awesome. I was wondering where the connection was. <laughs> yeah. All right, so tell us what kind of, what do you write? What genre are you in? Okay, so this is a loaded question. <laughs> this is my first, I've, I've written my first novel, and it's actually in its stage of edits right now. So I'm very, very close to release. And I think, I, it's, it's, I think we're going to call it women's fiction. Okay. But I feel... Um, I don't really know a lot about genres and subgenres and all of those types of things. I'm not very well versed in the literary world. I just, I just like to write. Okay. <laughs> so I ended up, um, writing a novel. I was a part of a, uh, four month writers intensive and that's where I met Jackie. Uh, we were a part of the same cohort. And so I was able to, you know, create this this story. But I realized in doing that, I didn't really know a lot about the behind the scenes of the literary writer's world. So in talking about what I write, I always sound incredibly unconfident <laughs> and like a baby deer on ice because I'm not Aww. quite sure what to call it. But I think it's women's fiction. OK, so. My best piece of advice I could give for that, because I'm going through like the whole marketing end of of the the back end of writing, mm-hmm. um, is you have to know your genre. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely nail that down. Um, otherwise, like when you start getting into like the marketing aspect of it, it, it is extremely difficult to find your readers. And I'm struggling with that, too, because I'm like on the border of two genres. Mm-hmm. So it's like you got to pick one. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I feel, I, I've been saying women's fiction this whole time, and I feel like that's what it is, but I feel like I can't ever be too sure, because I know that there's, like, subcategories and genres, too, which yeah. is, like, certain focuses, and I have a couple varying um, focuses that could fit my piece into little, into little um, nuanced boxes, but, um, yeah, I think, I think I'll go with women's fiction for, <laughs> as, as my final answer. So this story, what can you share about it? So I wrote a um, a piece, and it basically follows a young woman's journey starting in 1954, and um, it takes it follows the characters up till about 1960. And so it's kind of like a coming of age story of sorts. Uh, there's the main protagonist, and then her two best friends, and I kind of gave each of them 
um, character arcs that, that follow varying journeys that I feel a lot of developing young women take in terms of finding your identity and figuring out what your values are and kind of combating conventional standards and, and ideals, especially in the 1950s, but we still see a lot of those things today. So I kind of, um, gave each of them a different challenge, if you will. And you follow my, um, my three characters from, from their late youth till like their mid twenties as they kind of tackle growing up and finding themselves and kind of finding their identity as, as women. And they, and they, and they combat different things in terms of like sexuality and mental health and familial relationships and kind of bumping into each other as a pair of best friends that grow throughout time. So it's, it's, it's really a coming of age story. So I think that does sound like women's fiction to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you're self-publishing the mm-hmm. story. Yes. And you, do you use an editor? Are you self-editing? I have an editor. Okay. I use an editor and um, I'm probably she's she's like my editor slash, slash proofreader. She's a wonderful hybrid of a woman because um, I'm I'm so, so bad at grammar. It's it's actually horrendous. I don't know where <laughs> I was during like my third grade year of school when we all learned where to put a comma. But I just have no, no memory of that. Um, so I so I do use an editor and um she does proofread for me. And then I think after I get this rounds of edits back, I was listening to one of your former episodes, your previous episodes, and you discussed using Grammarly I did. as a platform to to kind of edit your work and things of that nature. And I was toying with the idea of doing that, but I wasn't really sure like if if that was okay, I guess. And then when I heard you all talk about that, I got super excited. So So yeah. I think that there's Definitely, some you have to have some like um, comfort that you are able to proofread your own work. Yeah, um, Grammarly I think is excellent. Um, I'll be 100% on, honest. I have three books out and I have not used an editor for any of them. It's okay. probably pretty stupid, but that's just there's no money in the budget for that. So I'm just putting everything into Grammarly and I think it catches like you can set the tone for what kind of writing you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think that that helps. Um, sometimes I just like they'll make suggestions, and I'll just be like, no, that's not what I meant. <laughs> I want it that way. But yeah, I would definitely recommend that. And I think there's even other programs out there like like that. Yeah, that that even happens with uh, with my editor now. I will get back her um, her her edits, and I I've been calling it death by red pen because when I got her first <laughs> revisions back, I saw all of that red ink and I felt uh-huh. like I shrunk so small. I was like, oh, my gosh, what is all this red? What does all of this mean? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, but but going through all of those changes and reading all of her comments and things of that nature, I I I, too, looked at some of the things she said and I was like, you know what? No, I don't feel like that's what I meant. And right. um, but it, it's. It's interesting because as a new writer, I felt myself relying so heavily on the opinions of others, mm. um, especially that of my editor. And I was a little nervous at first to kind of reject some of her suggestions because I because I was so focused on the story uh, being good and and almost appealing, like appealing to the masses in such a general way. I just wanted my story to be good. And I think in kind of chasing that, I it was becoming it had the potential to become no longer my story. And so I had to get comfortable, comfortable kind of saying like, no, thank you. Uh, thank you for the suggestion, but no, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I, um, I'm excited to use to kind of transition into, into using Grammarly as like my final proofread, to make sure every comma and semicolon is where it needs to be. Um, right. But yeah. I mean, even if you just used it to clean up your manuscript before you gave it to an editor kind of thing, mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's still, you know, the smart thing to do. I really think I should have done that in hindsight. That's probably one of the things I will do going forward when I when I start my next manuscript is running it through Grammarly before I send it away to an editor because there were so many little red dots <laughs> places that when I was going through and accepting the insertions and the deletions, I would lose some of them. And I'm like, where is that? Like, where is that, you know, little indicator bar even referencing to you know, <laughs> a lot of it was small changes 
So I think that sounds incredibly overwhelming. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'd probably quit after that. <laughs> yes, it was. I would just like stare at the computer for hours searching for small black dots that were now colored red. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was definitely overwhelming. And I, I got more used to it when I got the manuscript back a second time. Mm-hmm. Seeing all of the, the red font, it hurt less the second right. time. But the first time it was definitely rough. But it's something that um, I don't think you're ever really prepared for as a new writer, especially a new writer that, that doesn't really have a lot of background or comfort in a literary space. 100%. Yeah. I, if I've learned anything over the past few years, it's like thick skin. You mm-hmm. really need a thick skin. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But it's it's been quite the quite the journey. Um quite quite the learning curve. I've I've really I've kind of um been lucky to have a lot of experienced writing mentors and people that I can kind of call upon for questions. When I was in that writing intensive, there were a lot of authors that have published multiple books before. So it was helpful and made it feel less daunting. So I I, I can't even imagine completing a manuscript without being in something like that and having those shoulders to rely on. How did you find that? Yeah, the writing community is definitely like, yeah, they're amazing. Yeah, so I, um, my, one of my childhood mentors has always been an avid, an, an avid writer. And so she put together this writing intensive and she reached out to some of the writing uh, forums that she was already a part of. And then she reached out to me and she just um, asked me if I wanted to be a part of it as well. Cause she, she kind of always groomed an interest in writing in me since I was like 12 or 13. She kind of encouraged me to write stories and manuscripts and things of that nature. But I was never, I realized now that I wasn't quite mature enough then as a, as a person and as a writer. And that's just for, you know, like that's just my journey. So she reached out to me now and now felt like the right time. So I agreed to be a part of her intensive and, um, it was, it was, it was really, it was really challenging. We had a daily challenge for every day of the week. Each day had a different focus, whether it was like marketing or plot. Um, we were paired with a writing accountability buddy within the, the intensive. And then on, uh, Saturdays, I believe we had weekly group Zoom meetings. And so, um, and then we also had to update trackers and word counts and things like that. So the goal was to finish whatever your major writing goal was by the end of the uh, four months and mine was to finish the manuscript so that was my first introduction into the writing community as well okay that sounds awesome yeah it was it was a lot of fun so you mentioned mentors yeah so i was i was wondering how you find one of those and what kind of what do they do for you like how do they help so i was paired with my writing buddy, who's also a self-published author. And then also there was a, there was about 12 of us total, I think, in this group. And so we had our, our individual buddy and then we had access to the rest of the lot as well. And so people would just, we were constantly interacting with each other on a, on a daily basis. And I actually found my editor through one of the other cohort members. Mm. And so, um, I just would reach out to the people that had the experience or the knowledge that I was looking for. Jackie was one of them. And I would just kind of reach out with my questions and I would receive thorough, thorough answers and guidance and recommendations and advice and support from four or five of the, of the members specifically. And then even now I am a part of the Instagram writing community, which is quite, quite a huge platform, whether it be through like the bookstagram vein or the general writers that, that that also use that platform to uh, journal and depict their journey. And so I also have some sort of mentorship through that platform as well, just because I found that a lot of writers on Instagram are very open to building camaraderie because it's, it's, it's almost like everyone kind of feels like they're in the same boat to a certain extent. So uh, people are really open to answering questions and giving advice. And so I've found that in the writing community, in, in, in order to find a mentor, I, I just kind of had to ask, which makes me feel very lucky. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's so many people out there that you can message and they'll get back to you right away with, you know, an answer 
there. And it's a, it's a really great feeling to know people have your back. Yeah. It's made, it's, it's made me feel very, um, it's, it's feels very warm, <laughs> very friendly. For sure. I For felt sure. very welcomed. Yeah. All right. So you're on the last round of edits. You said what, what happens yeah. next? When is the release date? What's your plan for marketing? So my last round of edits, um, what's next for me is interior book design and then cover design and then uploading to my, um, to my hosting platforms. In terms of marketing, there is this lovely, uh, mar- I don't even know what to call them, but it's, it's almost like a marketing pairing agency that I found on Instagram. They're called Uplit Reads and basically you can reach out to them as a platform and they pair authors with, um, bookstagrammers for reviews and Instagram takeovers and things of that nature. And so what you do is you uh, you basically submit an author form. And then um, if your book is selected for a campaign, they they send out an application to the bookstagrammers that show interest in your project. And then, you know, they're selected to kind of feed in your marketing. And I found because I, I do follow their Instagram page. They do feature traditionally and non-traditionally published authors. So it's a great channel. I have my eye on a couple of uh, booktubers that I'd like to gift some. I'd like to gift some merch and then also a uh, advanced reading copy too as well. I've kind of leaned into the magic of social media. And I don't know if it's just, you know, my age that I'm always kind of on Instagram and YouTube myself. So I see how far the reach is. Um, but I'm planning to take all of those steps April through May because I would like to release my book on May 21st, 2021. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my next steps and then my, and then my marketing plan blog tours. I'm looking into blog tours. I just built, um, my author website actually yesterday. So I'm kind of laying some of those steps I need to take going into April and May to really lean heavily into, um, marketing. It sounds like you have a long to-do list. (laughs) I do. I really do. And I've, I've been tricking myself because now I can count all of the things I have to do on like one hand, like one and a half hands. I'm like, oh, I'm so close to being done. I'm down to like seven fingers instead of like 10 fingers and 10 toes. (laughs) (laughs) When I, when I say it out loud to people that I haven't been constantly like relaying to them my, my, my to-do list, I guess it is a lot. I guess it is a lot. (laughs) So the idea for the story, how did you come up with it? So that's there. There's two parts to the story. I've been lucky enough to grow up with the same best friend since I was 11. We're all turning 27 this year. And so I I was able to kind of, you know, look at their lives, look at my own lives. And sometimes we'll reflect and we'll say things like, do you remember when we were like 17 and we all thought we'd have X, Y, Z thing by now? And then we, you know, now we're in the time frame that we always projected outwardly to, and it looks nothing like we thought it would. I know when I was like 19, I had just started college and I thought to myself that I was going to be like married by now and have like a, at least one baby right by now, like very conventional sorts of things. And I have like a, a, a roommate and a cat. <laughs> and I'm still like totally single. So I'm like, wow, this is not what I saw for myself. <laughs> and then I have, you know, and, and, and all my best friends are kind of, they, they fell into similar things where they either, you know, got what they wanted, but they got it sooner than they thought. And it kind of came in weird ways or just like a, a lot of like, I guess that like 25 year old life crisis where you look back and you're like, wait, this isn't what I, like what I thought it was going to be. And so I kind of wanted to um, I wanted to tell that story of just growing up within, you know, like a, a close clique of girls and watching your life go in certain directions and their lives go in certain directions. And things kind of I feel like within that journey, things happen that you can't expect. Obviously, you know, like sometimes mental health issues come up later in your life that you didn't see yourself ever experiencing. But then certain things happen and you are experiencing them. And um different questions and about who you are and who you're going to be. And I just kind of wanted to tackle that within this story and create really relatable characters that depict different, different versions of that journey. And you said this is like 1950s, 1960s. 
Yeah, this it starts in 1954 and it takes it, it follows my main characters to about 1960, so 19 to 26, which was you know that that sweet spot of growing up when you're finally out of your parents' house, and then also when you just like slide right into kind of early middle adulthood. It's where a lot of change. It's, it's where I feel like a lot of change happened for me personally. I know I can't speak for everybody, but mm-hmm. I wanted to really highlight those ages and especially in that historical time period, just because I feel like the societal expectations for everybody at that time were very rigid and it was very like heteronormative and it was just very conventional. And I've always kind of, I've always felt really lucky to grow up in the time period that I grew up in where it felt like there was more, more options. Like you could see more for yourself as an individual than, than you could have in times that are stereotypically defined as being like more, more, um, more rigid, I guess. And so I, I wanted to take this story and place it back in that time. That sounds really cool. Thanks. I, um, I hope it's cool. I hope people like it. <laughs> I, <laughs> hope it I hope it, I hope it works out for sure. So as far as self publishing and you said you were posting it on, um, some platforms yes. what do what those platforms look like are you talking like just kdp mm-hmm. like, or okay i've so, been on a very deep google search to figure out what what like distribution like purchase on demand publishing companies the best because i've heard i've heard people talk about like ingram spark in terms of hosting to right. like if you wanted to go wide i've heard people just go completely straight amazon um, I've also seen ads for like book babies. So I've been looking into them as well. I know that Amazon has like this thing called create space. And so I'm trying to figure out what's the best thing for me. Um, I, I originally thought that I just wanted to go through Amazon, but I feel like now as I'm getting closer and closer, I would like to go a little bit more wide. So I'm leaning into something more like, in, like an Ingram spark type situation. Um, but it's yet to be determined because I, I'm not sure what would ultimately be the best fit for me. And it, and, and that definitely feels like one of the most daunting choices is where do you, where do you, where do you host your manuscript, right? Like what's, right. what's the best avenue to reach the most readers? And I've definitely kind of on that journey right now, figuring out what's the best idea. And I feel like I want to do KDP select. For maybe like a second. Well, I guess for like the 90 days, it's more than a second. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, you know, there's, there's so many ways to do this. And I, um, but yeah, I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> well, not to sway you one way or the other, but just in my experience, I originally started out just on Amazon. Okay. And I mean, unless you're putting some serious marketing dollars behind that, mm-hmm. it went pretty much nowhere. Um, then I decided to go wide because I figure, you know, the more the more readers, the better. And mm-hmm. that went absolutely nowhere. And that was pretty frustrating. OK, so now I'm back solely on Amazon in KDP Select and putting some dollars into Amazon ads. And that has significant been a significant increase. So just throwing that out there. I know not a lot of authors don't like to be in just one platform. But I think especially starting out, uh, finding a reader, they'll be more likely to click on a Kindle Unlimited book than a book that's, you know, $3.99, $4.99. Okay. That's um, really helpful. I, I definitely appreciate that insight because I, um, you know, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, there's, a lot, <laughs> there's a lot of stimulation that comes at you when you are trying to be a self-published author. There's a lot that comes at you. So I feel like that's, that's, that's really helpful information. I mean, maybe just in the beginning to keep it simple Mm -hmm. and and kind of learn your way. Like I'm, I'm contemporary romance. So that is just a flooded genre. Mm -hmm. I mean, women's fiction, I think you might have it a little bit easier because it's not as flooded, Mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a rough world just in general to be in, especially as, you know, an indie author. Yeah. But it's, you know, just trying a bunch of different things and finding what works and and what doesn't. And the good thing is you can start all over if you have to. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) 
which I have done several times. (laughs) That's like, I, I have really been kind of like, like stomping my feet a little bit about the whole back end of this whole author business. Cause I loved, I loved locking myself away for hours and writing a manuscript. I had no problem shutting down my life for months to do that. Right. And that it's like this, uh, this, this other part that comes with it that I just, I'm like, I don't know how to make websites. I don't know how to, I'm not the best marketer in the world. I got a degree in psychology. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm with so you. I, and I, I think everybody else is with you too. Yeah. <laughs> so don't so, feel alone. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. Cause it, it, it can kind of feel a little isolating, which is almost, and cause I think some of the authors that I do interact with online, they just seem to have it all together. And, and I, I guarantee they don't. They don't. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I look at their pages and I have these conversations and I'm like, why do I feel like you are like the self-published author sage right now? Like you have all the information I need. Yeah. Well, keep picking their brains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so, so you both are writers as well. So Jazz, what, what do you write? To be honest, I haven't published anything yet. I I have stories. I sit on them. Okay. And I, I can't say life gets in the way. I just kind of get discouraged because I'm I, I watch RJ go through this process and I'm kind of on that journey with her a little. So like when I see what's going yeah. on with her kind of behind the scenes, I'm like, I don't know if I'm ready for all of that, you know? Yeah, I feel like that's totally fair. Yeah. I I did that for several years of my life. I feel like I started writing my my first manuscript when I was like 15 or 16 but I never finished any of them I call it my dream graveyard my dream graveyard (laughs) is just like stacked it's stacked with things that I just like started and sat on and never put out and so I I I I commend journey because it is because I totally relate to just like you're not really just sitting on stuff and keeping it personal yeah I mean funny thing Um, I finished writing it all Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I finished, and I'm like, why won't you just publish? Just don't do anything with them. Oh. <laughs> well, then I feel like I take back what I said. You <laughs> great, <job. laughs> yeah, you have stuff. You're, you're like you're good to go. Yeah, but I, I do get that it's scary. I do get that. Mm-hmm. Do you all um, use pen names? I feel like I heard you say that you use a pen name, RJ. Use one too. I... Yes? <laughs> Half and half, because the last part of it obviously is not the, okay. that the first name is my actual first name. Yes. Okay, cool. And can I tell you, I'll be honest, I wish I had used my real first name. <laughs> okay. Because uh, I got this little abbreviation thing going initials. And sometimes it's, you know, it's, it's just like I should have I should have used something different. But it, it kind of meant something to me. Okay. So, uh, yeah, but I, I find that a pen name it's like an alter ego kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like for me, it's the confidence thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want somebody Googling my name and seeing my personal life. You know, it's, it's just a, it's, I like some personal space and the author stuff to be separate. So that, that for me, that's why I chose to do a pen name. Okay. Are you I... writing with a pen name? My whole thing is made up. Okay. My whole name. It's not yeah. a single bit of it is my actual name. And it's for the, <laughs> the whole thing's fake. But I'm, I'm with you. I, I made up another, I gave myself an alter ego because I, I, I did want space between me as an individual and my personal life and then my professional life. And I just right. it felt, it, it feels like in building your author brand, it felt kind of a little bit odd to me to commodify my actual identity yeah. you know because I feel like in building your brand it's very much like what you're doing what you're writing how you're feeling things of that nature and I'm totally okay sharing all that but I didn't want to share it under my actual name yeah 100% so yeah I'm totally with you and my alter ego is definitely more brave than <laughs> my real identity okay. so it's like yeah it's um I just wish I could merge the two. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't really, I feel like my, my, my alter ego, like, kind of makes me giggle a little bit because it, I mean, it's not a secret now because I just, like, said it on your podcast. But, for, <laughs> but, but for a lot of people that I, I interact with on, um, online through my Miller Hall email or my Miller Hall Instagram, 
they'll call me Miller and then I kind of chuckle a little bit because I'm like, ooh, it just feels like I have like this secret, like I'm some secret agent or something. And then I'll call my friends and I'm like, someone just DM'd me and said they called me Miller. And they're like, well, yeah, because that's what they think your name is. <laughs> so so I, yeah. I guess that means your friends know you, you, you're a writer. They do. Yes, they okay. do. And they're very supportive. Um, I have amazing friends. A lot of them, they, in the beginning of my writing journey, I would, I was sending out like individual chapters as, as I finished them to like five different people. And I highly recommend, at least for me, if I had to tell somebody else, I would say, don't do that. I was just going to say that. <laughs> it really creates a lot of clutter. There's a lot of voices. And for the longest time, I could not get past chapter three. And mm. I just had to like sit down and just say, you know what? I need to just finish this book myself. And then when it's done, then they can see it. So they all know. Um, my parents know. They're supportive, but I feel like they don't like really understand what it is like I'm doing in terms of wanting to be self-published and things of that nature. I, I just kind of called them one day and I was like, hey, like I finished a book and they were just like, oh, wow, that's great. So did you call your sister? You know, so it, was, it wasn't really like a they didn't quite understand. It was like, how like, how's your cat? Um, but my friends have been amazing. And they um, what's funny is that I didn't tell them I had a separate Miller Hall Instagram. Only like three of them knew and they followed me on it. And then I was talking in a large group of people and they were just kind of like, wait, so you have a whole other Instagram for this? And I said, yeah. And they're like, okay. And then they all just like followed me on it. And my heart like dropped to my stomach because I was just like, no, like, like it's, this is supposed to be a secret, but it's not really going well because yeah. all, <laughs> all of my personal life friends are following me on this Instagram. So, yeah. So mine's a secret still like my really one of my best friends still has no idea. And I'm like, what, five years into this journey. That's so, amazing. I, I, I guess I'm good at keeping secrets. <laughs> That's amazing. I feel like I'm the biggest like snitch in the world, even on myself. Yeah, <laughs> I just can't keep it together. I'm just like, OK, I, I, I did a thing and I have to tell someone about it. I mean, it's but hard. It's hard not to tell. But then it's like, like you said, I don't want people in my head. I don't want people always putting pressure mm-hmm. on me. Like, oh, what are you doing now? And and things like that. So it's yeah. just better this way. So has, has your best friend read your books at all? No, just Jasmine. Really? <laughs> you're the you're an amazing secret. That's they, a, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, they don't know about my podcast. They don't know anything. I'm just you I'm in the really closet. You have an alter ego. <laughs> I do. You live a double life. That's kind of. Pretty much. You know what? I'm not mad at that. That's really impressive. (laughs) Jasmine's my uh, go-to reader slash best friend, and uh, that's all I need, really. So So how did you guys meet each other? College about a million years ago. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Okay. We're not not that old, but, yeah, it's quite a few years ago. Okay. That's, That's super impressive. Because I, I, w- I almost feel like that's better because sometimes I will um, be with my friends and one of them will bring up something I posted on my author Instagram. And then I feel really weird about it mm. <laughs> because it's like, no, this is my actual lifetime. And it feels weird that you bring up like Miller yeah. Hall right now. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I do understand. So what do you do for fun besides writing and figuring out all this author stuff? <laughs> Wow, I'm so glad you asked. For fun, <laughs> I've gotten really into um, trampoline exercising. Like, I, Whoa, I guess wait, what? Yeah, yeah. That's a thing? It's a thing. So the formal word for it is called rebounding. And you get like a personal size fitness trampoline. It's probably bigger than you're thinking it is. And I spend so much time jumping on that thing. I actually have an online membership with a rebounding gym that's based in New York. And it's, it's so it's like, it, I think it's something that's they're having available because of the pandemic, but either way, I'm loving it. So I will just put on music videos in my living room and jump on my trampoline. And that's very fun to me. Jasmine, I, have you heard of this? <laughs> never have. No. Do you, is there like, is it's there, a real thing. Wow. Is there, is there like a video that you follow along with somebody? Is there exercises? Like what is yeah. it? 
Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. No, it fully is an exercise. So they, so it's this gym is called The Nest, and their online app, it's like 25, 30 to 45 minute. Um, they'll do like guided jumping exercise classes, and you'll go through like sequences of movements on this trampoline. And it's so fun. And I've been like preaching about it to everybody that I know because I'm like, have you heard of this? Have you done it? It's amazing. Um, that's something I do for fun. I love movies. I love, I love documentaries. I like 2020 a lot. So I will just spend hours watching 2020. And that's enjoyable for me. Um, I was a competitive singer growing up. So I do like to spend my time singing. Wow. Um, yeah, that's, that, that's something. I'm an extrovert. So really anything that I can do to be around people, I will try to do that. And I like, um, and I like, and every now and again, I do enjoy a nice, like, strawberry margarita or strawberry daiquiri. And that, too, is an enjoyable activity for me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's what I do for fun. <laughs> that is what I do for fun in my spare time. I'm, like, bouncing on a trampoline and then drinking margaritas. I'd probably hurt myself. <laughs> no, you, honestly, I think you'd be so surprised. You'd be so surprised at like how, how like quick your body adjusts to kind of being on that surface in a more controlled way. Because technically, like in the rebounding environment, the way that we're used to traditionally jumping on trampolines is called like a high bounce where you just freely jump high into the air. But the rest of the movements are incredibly controlled. And so it's it, like you, you, like you really do kind of, Learn quickly, I would say. I'm going to look it up as soon as we're done. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think you'll be pleasantly surprised to see that it, that it, like it, it is a thing and it does exist and it burns hours of the day, especially I, I got really into the pussycat dolls again last week for some reason. Do you, do you remember them? The Pussycat Dolls? Yes. yes. <laughs> so I was watching their music videos and like jumping on my trampoline for like an hour. And oh I was just goodness. like, oh, wow, okay. So that's what I do when I'm not writing. <laughs> All right, so I have to ask, though. Yeah. You're an author. Yeah. But you don't like to read. I don't. Is there a reason? Yes. I think Because <laughs> <laughs> yes, you said it's taboo, is. and it definitely is taboo. It is. My philosophy is the more you read, the better a writer you are. I am, I am fully aware that like <laughs> saying that and owning that is like, it's, it makes ears raise and like hair stand up is crazy. And I feel like that's also why I don't, I can't properly articulate my genres because I don't read. So I don't really like know where anything goes. Right. Or how it's defined. But I don't, it was never my, okay, I'll preface this. I did read. I read my required materials in college and high school. I have read like one book for pleasure, two books um, for for pleasure. One of them was assigned to me in college and it was like a it was like a psychological theory book. And I did enjoy that. But I just don't feel like reading is my preferred method of ingesting stories. Do you think it would be different if you were like on audible, like, uh, you know, audiobooks? Perhaps I haven't tried audio. I have not tried audiobooks, but I feel like there's probably truth to that because I love, I love oral storytelling. I like watching, like I love listening to to people relate to me their stories and watching the movements and the voice inflections. I love a good, you know, book to screen adaptation, um, whether that be like a series or a movie. But I just I feel like my mind isn't the best at taking apart the words and and making them come to life in my head, how they're intended on the page, which I know it's really weird because I I write books, (laughs) but it's just, but but for my, for me, I like, I love writing. Just like, I I don't like reading. I think it's because I have a really strong relationship with words and like language. I, I love, love, love words. But if someone were to like entertain me, my preferred like escapist method of do you know decompressing is music or movies or TV, right? Yeah. So yeah, but it, it's something I don't. Um, I'm getting. I'm trying to get more comfortable like having those conversations 
because I feel like that's the piece that's missing in a lot of my talks with writers. It's like I don't know a lot about books and how they work and all those types of things. And it's just I feel like I, I, I talk around that point. And I think a lot of my questions would would make more sense to the to them, like to those that I ask if they knew that it's because like I don't read. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, well, you're going to yeah. it with honesty. And that's, you know, is the best approach. Yeah. So I just know that it's so taboo. So I'm like, how do I say this and not sound completely insane to be like an author who's like, but I know I, I don't really read books. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's just. Just make up a bunch of books. <laughs> right. It's like I, I can I can name two books that I've read and I read them years ago. <laughs> And one one book I read to like because com- I saw the movie first and I was and I was just I needed to know what the book said in comparison to the movie. Hmm. But because I've 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 also heard that to be a good writer you have to to read. You know that's definitely the sentiment in the community is that th- those things go hand in hand. Right. Um, and I totally appreciate that, and I feel like there's so much value and honesty and truth behind that. I, but I just, it's just not a, it's, it's not an ideology that I subscribe to personally. Hey, that's I, okay. I do think, I do hope that one day, once I publish and I'm, you know, and I, and I kind of, I take up more space as an author, I guess, and I get more comfortable talking about my works and myself and that process and things of that nature that, that I can be an inspiration to people that are curious to write and, and put out written content and the in but 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 don't also ingest it in that way because I feel like a lot of people believe that they can't be a writer if they're not a reader too. Right. And so I hope to encourage those that want to write to write, regardless of how you spend your time otherwise. Absolutely. But yeah, I was I was wondering if you were gonna ask me that. <laughs> I know I put it in the form. You did. Because like, oh. <laughs> I wanted you to know. Because I was like, I feel like they're going to ask me, what books do you read? And I was like, I, I need them to be prefaced beforehand. <laughs> I was just kind of curious. Yeah. Yeah. So I think for like 2020, for a lot of people, is a year that they want to forget. But what's one thing mm-hmm. for you that was a positive that came from that? Okay, I loved 2020. Okay, wow. That was like the best year of my. You, of my you life. might be the only one. <laughs> yeah, I know it's it's I I yeah that's an mm-hmm, that's another taboo thing to say, right? Is that that was the best year of my life? But it really was. I feel like I spent so much time in like in the stillness of just having to be with myself and just spend time with myself and everything was shut down and I just kind of got to know myself better. I did a lot of great healing work and self-improvement work. Um, I started journaling and meditating a little bit more frequently. Um, I was still able to keep up with my therapeutic appointments. So I felt like 2020 for me was a year of great healing and accomplishment. I wrote my, my book last year. There was just a lot of positive things that came out of it for me that I it, it felt heavily positive even with all the negative that was going on in the world around me so I actually don't hate 2020 okay that's good I, I like that positive yeah. there. you gotta be you know you gotta be I feel but not in like a toxic positivity kind of way, because obviously like I, I, I had my bad days. Right. <laughs> it wasn't a perfect right. year. I still felt sad and, and, and it's okay that I felt sad, but I, I, I wouldn't say the whole year was a wash. I didn't hate it. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, you said you're an extrovert. That must have been pretty hard to be in quarantine. Do you, do you guys know anything about typology and like Myers-Briggs? Yes. Jasmine does. Really Okay, Jasmine. Okay, I'm an ENFP, which ends up being the most introverted of the extroverted personality types. So although I'm an extrovert, I love me some alone time. I love being left alone in my own head to do my own thing. So I think that's why I loved it, because I was able to interact with FaceTime calls and text messages. And I've, I've had roommates this whole time, so I wasn't completely alone. Right. Uh, but I... 
my little introvert inside of me just really loved being left alone. That's the writer in you. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's probably what that is. I just liked being left alone to my own devices. It worked out really well. Do you feel like more writers are introverts or extroverts? Introverts. That's my opinion. I feel I'm I'm kind of getting that vibe, too, that most writers are introverts. Because I'm definitely an introvert <laughs> to the max. Really? Okay. Yeah. I don't even know why I'm on a podcast, to be honest. <laughs> I'm very, very introverted. How's your alter ego? Is that an introvert? <laughs> That's what, I guess not. I guess not. <laughs> RJ is, in fact, an extrovert. <laughs> yeah. RJ is something else. <laughs> what about you, Jazz? Are you an introvert or an extrovert? I am an introvert. INFJ. <gasps> INFJ? Yes. I think we're really compatible. Are we not? <laughs> yes, we are. Okay. I, I, we are. I have a friend who's also an INFJ. Okay. I think I'm really compatible with INFJs and INTJs. Okay. It's, it's, I think those are the two best ones for ENFP. But, okay. Do you okay. remember what I am, Jasmine? What am I? <laughs> I don't remember. Were we the same thing? No, we weren't the same thing. Oh, I man. now. Close, though. I love... Is it bad I that I don't know this? <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. It's a it's, it's a really, like, decently... It's like a 15-minute quiz if you want to take it after and just, like, let us know. Oh, Jasmine's made me take it twice. <laughs> okay. That's why, that's why I thought she would remember. <laughs> I've emailed that test to my friends countless times. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and when she, I, she does um, that to me. She's like, here, take this. I also, I also do, um, that's one of the things I ask whenever I'm like dating someone. It's one of my like, one, one of my starter questions, which is such a psych major thing to do. To just be like, what's your, um, what's your Myers Briggs? Do you know what your Enneagram is? How about your love language? Like, I just go through all, your attachment style, please. Just like all of these questions. And then when people don't know, cause a lot of them don't, I'm like, oh, there's a quiz for that. And I'm just like sending out quizzes like it's a class. You're like here. Better yet, I'll Maybe take it off you. on that until the first date's over. <laughs> right? I'm just like filling out the questionnaire. Where like I'm, all my text message questions are actually questions from the attachment style quiz. I'm like, do you feel like you pull away in the face of commitment, or are you like okay with it? One to ten. <laughs> That's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, I've. Um, it's, you know, 2020 wasn't like a year for dating, so I've had some time to like evaluate how I go about that. But typically, <laughs> Myers-Briggs was one of the first like 10 questions. I think, I think I just like to know, like understand people better. So I'll ask that question. Yeah, yeah. I, I have, a, I have a, a driving curiosity that I think I'm, I come from that same place. But it's almost like the it's almost like the zodiac sign of psychology mm. in a way. It's kind of how I I liken it. But it's probably like the zodiac sign of psychology, but with less heat attached to it, because I know that there's some zodiac signs that if people say it, it's everyone's like, okay, goodbye. But I've never <laughs> come across a personality type that someone said to me that I've been like, okay, goodbye. I'm like, oh cool, like I these are my four letters, we're yours. It's good less. Less, you know, argumentative, if you will. I'm gonna say this, this sounds like a form of bullying. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like I can't talk to you. <laughs> I feel like maybe some people are like that, but I'm not like that. I think that I think for the stereotypes that I have heard about the Myers Briggs, it's usually like the more analytical types that might be a little bit harsher. I don't know. I could be making that up. Don't quote me on it. <laughs> but I know I'm an open-minded ENFP. Can't speak for everybody else, but that's how I am. I do like to use, um, because I was a psychology major, I do like to use a lot of that knowledge when I develop my characters. Because I've, I've noticed that in a lot of, a lot of books, there's the tropes, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of like dichotomous characterization. You're good or you're evil. Right. You know, like you're like emotionally tormented or you're like a, um, like a naive ingenue. And so when I come up with my characters, I like to create very holistic personality type characters where they're kind of like all things at the same time. 
which I guess inherently makes them, it makes it hard for anybody to really root for any one over the other because they're, every character will do a good thing and then a bad thing. Like they'll be helpful and then they'll like derail a whole character arc and like in the next breath because I really wanted my, I really want, I really want my, my stories and my characters to reflect an accurate human experience so they feel relatable to readers and they're easier to connect to and, and not in like dichotomous ways, but in ways that are relatable and they can see themselves and their friends in them. So in doing that, I did use a lot of these philosophies of like attachment and typology and, you know, like the big five measurement of personality, all of those types of things to create all of my characters. I like that. It makes it, it makes it so yeah, it sounds no like one person right, yeah. perfect. Yeah. Which, which maybe I wonder, cause I know a lot of readers, they read to, to, to escape in a way to mm-hmm. kind of go into like another story, another, another world. And I think a lot of the times though, those other worlds, they're very, a lot of things are clear cut. Right. And so, um, I think that maybe my writing style calls to a very specific type of reader that isn't necessarily looking to entirely escape reality in the way that that works, that maybe look at reality in, in a different way from their own. You know, like you're not in the 50s, but you can you can look at life in the 50s and not feel like it's hard for you to see, you know, reality played out in a realistic way. Does that make sense? Definitely women's fiction. Okay. (laughs) The longer we talk, the more sure you become. I'm sure. (laughs) Okay, great. That makes one of us. No, I am feeling, I I am feeling pretty sure that it's women's fiction. Because I know that that women's fiction is like defined by following a woman's journey. So just that simple definition, I feel like that's my right, my right zone. Well, this has been so much fun. Yeah. I'm so glad that we got to talk despite our technical difficulties earlier, which has never happened to us. Just <laughs> throwing that out there. No, I, listen, so, I totally get it. It must be like, you know, the universe is not aligned. The planets are something, something screwed us up today. <laughs> we, we appreciate you still talking with us and we wish you the best of luck. And if you Thank ever you need so anything, much. don't hesitate to contact us. Thank you. Have a good day. Enjoy Thanks. the videos of rebounding. I hope you do. Yes, I'm, I'm going to look it up. <laughs> Have a good day. All right, okay, you, too. you too. Bye. If you made it this far, you survived another episode of Married to My Writing. Stay tuned for our next episode with author Haley Soul. Until then. <gasps>